Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast. In this episode, we look at the modding community and the future of the enthusiast PC, and I explain a new way to categorize fan performance. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McKay. In the August episode of the Hardware Asylum podcast, one of the topics that we discussed was the Mod to Win contest, which was the 30th anniversary modding competition that Gigabyte was hosting, where the winners would get a big prize package and first place would get to go to CES. Now, I know you had a particular interest in this contest because you had an entry. Yeah, I put a design in, which was a combination of extreme overclocking and water cooling. And I wanted to add a little bit of custom paint and kind of a a unique take on case modding. Well, I think it was a definitely a unique take, and sadly, it wasn't chosen. And you might go back and listen to that podcast if you want to see what direction that could have taken. But in the meantime, let's check out those winners from Gigabyte. Now, it looks like they started out by uh, giving us the runners-up. So let's start there. In no particular order, the first runner-up is an Estes build, which uh, looks like an orange and white take on the thermal take open case that's been so popular yeah the wall mounted i think it's the p5 or p9 or something like that now i've been seeing a lot of builds based around this because it really shows off the water cooling with the minimalist load but uh i don't know that i would have chosen that because it seems like that's become very popular very popular very easy there's not a lot of mod involved here see our next runner up is the blue fury and this one has a lot of blue and black and a nice Gigabyte 30th logo on the front. Now, this one we should mention was one of the ones that we thought looked kind of interesting from the basic drawing. And the end result, to me, brings up sort of an anime, almost cartoonish theme with the big bold shield on the front and all the gaudy blue. Uh, definitely something I would look at. And looking at the case, I can see open space in the back. I almost feel like a minimalist build inside. I believe they reversed the motherboard, so it's upside down. Oh, okay. Interesting. The next one, we have the Duality. This looks like a small form factor cube. I'm not sure if this was a scratch build or if it was based off of another case. Following the trend where they've added the tempered glass to the sides, and it looks like some tempered glass maybe behind the front and top, allowing for some interesting water cooling and light effects, I would guess. Yeah, we got some laser cutting in there to give it a little bit of 3D effect. Not bad, not bad, although very similar to some of the production cubes. Uh, Project Ghost. Now, this one I actually really like and maybe would have voted higher. To me, this looks like a traditional aluminum case with some interesting custom cuts for the fans, and it looks like maybe some custom glass work for the 30th anniversary logo. It's kind of just slapped onto the side. Um, you know, the main chassis has got the rounded corners. The fans are cut in there. There's no grills, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not really a lot of lights, at least in this photo that we have. Now, that does look like some of the case builds that I've built in the past where I've tried to custom fabricate side panels. I can see it's a little rough, which may be the reason it didn't rank higher. Uh, let's see. We have the orange Nexus. This one, I really like the design of this one because it's all the colors I like. We have white. We have a gray. We got an orange, a black. Several looks like some stickers placed on there. And um, it's based off of an in-win case, and they used the... Uh, hexagons. I wonder if that's custom paint or if that's all sticker job on the front because there's a lot there that sort of reminds me of um, maybe anime racing with the oranges and the stripes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to check the build log to know for sure. But... Yeah, there's a lot there to like. I like that one. Lots of lots of active color. It looks very exciting and fresh. The one thing I do want to bring up with this case, the case came with tempered glass side panels. Oh, cheating. So, totally yeah. cheating. <laughs> no, but it, it's nice and they definitely spent a lot of time matching it. Next one, Navy Chief's entry is a runner-up. 
And it looks like uh, it was built in a very tall case. We got some fan radiator stuff at the bottom and an infinity mirror on the front. Now, this is a super clean build that I've actually seen passed around and I'm a little surprised it didn't do better. The interior, very, very clean. No visible, hardly anything. The infinity mirror, kind of a neat effect. And the matching lighting, very nicely done. But I can see maybe that that was kind of a one-trick pony, which is probably why it didn't do better. But honestly, if they offered a case that had that infinity lighting on the front, I'd probably get one. I think it's cool. Yeah, I believe you can get that from InWin. Let's see, we have... uh, Ooh, now we're to the ranking one. Yeah, so we got third place called Rehab. Now, this is one you talked about quite a bit from the concept build, so I'm glad to see it ranked. Yeah, the design theme here was basically an old hot rod. So we have the grill in the front, the kind of wired grill, like on a 34 Ford or something like that. Some uh, flames on the top kind of painted in. The water clean looks like it's done in a chrome hard line. Nice. The coolest thing here is he took regular automotive gauges and hooked them into the mod. So we have like temperature and the RPM. I'm not sure how he hooked that up, but that actually changes based off of something that happens in the system. Yeah, this is super slick. Nice custom paint with the flames. Um, I should point out that out of all the ones on the list, this is really the only one where I see evidence of a really obvious light effect, which is sort of contrary to what the market seems to be doing, where everybody's been kind of going with bright fans and color and lighting effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have some blue LEDs at the bottom. They're highlighted because the motherboard has also been reversed. Nice. So So that's number three. Nice job, Rehab. Number two is um, basically an extruded version of 30. So we have what? five or six metal panels that have been spaced apart to build a container for everything that you want to put inside. So this is really nice because this is really a pure custom build, which is a big distinction from what we've seen below in that the case itself was actually manufactured from scratch, it looks like. Mm -hmm. The honeycomb effect's really nice. I have to tell you, I am really impressed because it looks cool. It's definitely the 30th anniversary and the interior is clean and custom too. Yeah, we have custom covers on the uh, video card as well. I've seen some of the mods from this builder before, and he's done a lot of these where he's kind of extruded it. You know, there was the, the MSI Dragon was done oh, as an extruded yeah. case. So I'm not surprised that he took this method because it, it worked for him. And, you know, it's a scratch build. Well, and if you have access to the tools to do that, yeah, definitely impressive. All right, so the grand prize winner, Project Tripe Tech, I believe. Is. Trip Tech, perhaps. Trip Tech. Bolo is Bolo is the builder here, and I can definitely see from the images why this one's a winner, because this is a true scratch build, and at least more innovative than I've seen in quite a while. It's a triangle tower. Yes, very triangle. Um, I want to say built this out of of just like aluminum stock. Gigabyte 30 logo graphics at the top, and these are cut into like some uh, clear plexiglass that are shaded blue. Right. Water cooling wraps around the entire chassis. Very nicely done. On the right-hand side, we have a mini ITX motherboard, it looks like. And the water clean just kind of snakes in between all of those. We have metal 90-degree fittings. And in the very front is a very tall res. Well, I like that this is so open and all the cabling is kind of hidden back in the triangle. It reminds me a bit of the flat iron building where the accent is that huge front radiator in the front. And the blue and white just works fantastic. 
I know this was custom built because I haven't seen anything like it, and I don't know that it would work without the water cooling, so I have to give them kudos for coming up with something that you couldn't just go out and manufacture off the shelf and making it look so good. So the top three winners are going to be shown at the Gigabyte booth at CES. Number one, he gets to go to CES. Nice. Trip for two, which I think is really awesome. So I'll be able to see these in person when I'm there in January. Hopefully you'll snap some more pictures so that we can take a little bit closer look at what the actual hardware is. Although in this case, it maybe is not as important as the actual scratch builds. So that brings up an interesting point about case modding in general. Oh, okay. So when Darren and I first got into case modding, this was several years ago, the cases were the beige box. (laughs) Yes, they were. Cooling was usually very bad. A common mod was to add like a blowhole at the top or increase the fan size in the back to put in a, a, instead of an 80 millimeter fan, you'd put in a 92 millimeter fan. This is kind of dating us a little bit. A lot. Do kids know what a beige box is these days? Probably not. (laughs) The, The point is though, those mods that enthusiasts like us were doing eventually got the attention of manufacturers who started putting those in and making what I called at the time pre-mods. Right. So we would be able to buy an inexpensive case that had a plexiglass side window. Um, They started adding cases with 140 millimeter fans in the back to increase cooling and also lower the noise footprint a little bit. We also started to see the reverse where we have the power supply not at the top of the case, but at the bottom of the case, which gives it a little bit more stability and also allows you more room to show off the motherboard and video card and custom cabling and stuff like that. Don't forget that you can vent from outside of the case into your power supply instead of the inside. Although I can still remember when a big factor in your cooling was how much air that the power supply was pulling out of your case and pushing out the back. Mm -hmm. Well, that used to be a primary exhaust. Well, certainly the the market has gone a long way, although I've gotten kind of spoiled these days by seeing custom manufacturing but generally, we don't see the custom-built cases as much. It seems like the trend has moved to that from what we used to see, which was the model builders mm-hmm. building molds and and textured sides and, and accents, which uh, is kind of refreshing to not see in this particular process. Uh, one of those cases, now that you bring that up, that I remember was a Doom mod. Yes, a very popular mod. Very popular mod. It was based on a, a standard chassis, but he covered the whole thing in like fiberglass sorts of modeling bits that allowed him to sculpt, you know, doom graphics on top of this case. Inside it was a perfectly working computer, which I'm not sure how you'd work on, but outside of it, it looked like a model. And then, you know, they had some people that would make like anime chicks and then put a mini ITX motherboard right. in their back and stuff like that. So those were kind of creative case mods, but they were kind of pushing it from not necessarily a modification of the case to a custom build or a custom PC. More of a decorative add-on, although they've been very popular because they look so great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a function of a modeler. And it's kind of similar to some of these cases that we've looked at. I mean, if you have access to the right tools, you can laser cut or even water cut uh, metal and build your own cases. But the level of talent that's required has really moved up from, you know, modeling stuff out of clay and and building forms in your basement. So that kind of brings up an interesting point, though, again, about case modding in general. So if you can buy a a case that's already been modified from the factory with these increased fan sizes, tempered glass side panels, some of them now even have custom paint. Right. Where does that draw the line of what you mod 
and a case versus just kind of a creative build where you put in uh, a fancy motherboard with RGB lights and then you individually sleeve some cables and plug them in. Is that a case mod or is that more of just a decorative build? Oh, and I think I see where you're going because the industry as a whole has moved forward and really embraced the windows, especially with the advent of all the new tempered glass cases. Mm-hmm. Airflow has definitely improved to the point where the modification is more cosmetic really than functional. I mean, if you pay for a good performance case, especially a high-end case that has those types of things in it, it probably already breathes all right, has a nice look to it, mm-hmm. and has you know at least some basic uh, modifications that we used to have to build by hand already built into it. So if we take that premise and then look at the core V51 build that we did, right? I call that a case mod, mostly because I t- had to physically disassemble the case to put the, you know, our custom pearl orange down on top of it, right? and then basically reassembled it. But I didn't increase cooling. I didn't cut any extra holes in there for our water cooling. All that stuff just kind of fit into the case. Right. So maybe a minimalist build, if we were to stretch the definition, because we started with a traditional style box Mm -hmm. and the modification that we did was really supported by the case, the custom positioning of the drives, for example, the custom paint. But yeah, did we go as far as to build our own case from scratch? No, no, not so much. All of this begs the question of why do we mod? In the past, it was because we wanted to have a personalized case for ourselves. Or performance that just wasn't there. Yeah, some added performance. You know, one of the the cases I was in for a really long time was an Antec. And this was back when you didn't have space behind the motherboard for cables. And, you know, the mods that I put in there allowed me to run like an X58 for years and years. And it worked great. The root of that was to build a case for me, something that expressed my skill level, what I wanted to have in a computer, what I wanted to have next to my desk, and also supported what I wanted to put into it. The The Core V51 was kind of a, a highlight showcase piece for the website and also a way for Darren to show off. Well, an opportunity to learn how to do some new techniques with water cooling too. Let's not forget that. But that's kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. Even that is not necessary in a modern performance PC. It's more of a signature to make that machine look and be impressive. So case modding in from that regard really does have that personalization. And that, I think, is where we need to go with the future of case modding and the future of modding in general, where we have a computer that you build for yourself and it's a status symbol for you. If your status is really, I just want to have a Dell, then sure, you can have a Dell. But you could also have a Dell with a custom side window or a Dell with some custom paint. Well, I think we've been seeing that a little bit from the boutique builders. They're beginning to offer more appearance packages, maybe is the right description, as opposed to just performance packages. Yeah. CyberPower PC used to sell, I think they do, where you could have a custom water loop put in. They, you could pick out what water blocks you wanted. And after the system got completely assembled, they would sit down and, and run the hard tube for you. Or if you wanted to have just soft tubes, they would run that for you and set up a complete water-cooled system for you, test it, and then warranty it. But that brings us right back to your question again, the why. I mean, if you're not gaining significant performance and you are throwing significant money, what's the gain? I think the gain is, again, to kind of show off. You know, you have this computer and that's your status symbol. That is what allows you to say, hey, I have a GTX 1080. 
Somebody might say, well, it's too much video card. Well, it's also water cooled. Here's my system. I can show this off and people will be impressed because of the way that it looks or hardware that you have in it or the time and effort you put into it. Of course, some of that is diluted if you go and buy it from CyberPowerPC. That's buying a mod. I'm thinking more along the lines of do this yourself. Kind of get back and, you know, get your hands dirty. Some people don't know how to spray paint. Some people don't know how to use a Dremel or a rotary tool. You kind of have to relearn that to get <laughs> to get your feet wet and, and do this for yourself. Well, I can remember my first serious mod. I had to take my case to an auto shop and have them paint it in an auto paint booth because I just didn't have the equipment or the technology or the know-how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, you know, in high school, I was painting cars and trailers. So I had that skill to be able to mix and spray automotive colors. So I can set up a booth in my house and feel that I can get a, a decent product when I'm done. If you don't have those skills or that equipment or a room to be able to do that, then sure, take it down to a body shop, give them a couple hundred dollars. They'll spray some color on there in between repair jobs. I think the point that you're trying to make here is that at some point, the modification becomes not about performance anymore. It's about stamping your signature, your personality, your look on the machine and making it your own. And I see that as, as definitely an extension of performance mods and overclocking. So this begs to ask the question, so what is the future if everybody can go out and buy a nice performance PC and custom colors and, and get plenty of PC for the box? Well, what is the case mod future? How do we take it to the next level? I think we're going to look to Hollywood for this one. You know, we have um, Paris Hilton, for instance. She's very she's a socialite. Right. And everybody that kind of hangs on her shoulder or whatever is maybe not terribly famous, but they always are wearing designer clothes or wearing designer sunglasses, have this crazy coach clutch, you know, a, a purse. Um, <laughs> but the people that are following these, these socialites, they... They look at what they're wearing, and what do they do? They go down and buy it. That's what they want. Because oh, I think I see where you're going this. Because somebody famous has it, and they're showing it off. So obviously, they gave their stamp of approval, regardless if they got it for free or whatever. They got their stamp of approval on this particular product from this manufacturer, and that's what they're going to go with. Well, so, with the, kind of the rise of the geek chic culture... I think I see where you're going. We just need to see some custom builds in some movies or TV shows or music videos, something that shows that they're out there mm-hmm. and that these folks that have the means and the desire and the interest are using these custom-built PCs so that the general public will see that as a status symbol. It could even be as simple as having a custom water-cooled PC at an eSports event. You know, we have all these guys that have played like League of Legends for millions of dollars what kind of computers do they have? You never see them. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I think some of that is because they all have to have identical PCs to avoid the you know appearance of cheating. Mm-hmm. But you know these guys have the money and the desire. The question is, what do their home PCs look like? Yeah, they need to start showing that stuff off. I mean, I, I don't think Britney Spears is going to go and show off a, a custom water-cooled gigabyte motherboard or something like that. But we could definitely find a happy medium there. I agree. So if you're out there and you're a boutique builder or supplier of boutique parts... Get to work. Let's get these things mainstream. You know, Dennis, as a reviewer, I think 
there's always products that show up or that were offered that we just cringe about. And we don't talk about that very often in public, but I think people know that you're going to get only so many mouse pads or, or that sort of thing. And one of those products that is such a necessary part of the PC and PC performance in general, but just doesn't have that glamour of an <laughs> RGB motherboard is fans. Fans? You mean those things that twirl around in your case and move air around? Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, you and I both have fans that we love. Noctua is a great example. Mm-hmm. And Silverstone, you know, companies that make great fans, and we get a lot of them, and we test them, and it's just not very exciting or glamorous. No, no. I mean, these are... A Noctua fan might be, what, $20, $25, depending on which one you get. The popular ones now are Corsair, which, eh, you know, they're all the same. The The difference is... Fan blade design, you know, the power of the motor, lighting effects, the length of the fan tail. I mean, these are all things that you can talk about while you're doing the review, but how does that really change what the fan is? Well, the reality, I think, is that people don't know that cooling in general and fan design has really kind of had a a revolution, a lot of technology and a lot of of change from Mm -hmm. the traditional old school fans. And how do you bring that to a review and make it interesting? Yeah, that is the challenge. And I took that challenge uh, based off of, eh, honestly, it was watching some YouTube videos of a famous tech reviewer, if you will. And uh, he was testing some fans and he put a piece of paper on the top of the fan, hit, stood it up vertically, (laughs) and then turned it on and says, see, it moves air. Oh, you know, for a while we talked about could we, you know, balance a ping pong ball or something, and it just doesn't work that way. Well, no, because the way that the fan works, and we're talking technical now, uh, as the fan is spinning, on the backside of it, it's making a cone of air. And it's going about 45 degrees from the edge of the of the fan itself outwards. See? Not exciting. Not exciting at all. And especially when you try to put that on like a radiator, for instance, and you have a nice dead zone in the middle that doesn't collect any dust. It also doesn't do you any good for cooling, which is why sometimes people put them on the other side. You know, and that's into fan theory. But the point is, the fan that you choose should actually complement the radiator. It should give you ample cooling. It should also not be very loud. And that's what I wanted to test. So I created this little box that's sitting right next to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a box. Yeah, it's a, a 10 by 10 cardboard box. And this is, you know, I, I got a product in that. I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but I decided that, you know, if we turn this around. Okay. There's a, there's a hole in the front. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got some uh, foam from my overclocking supply that basically will seal a fan directly to the box. This hole is 120 millimeters. I have a couple of um, basically copper wire. This is Romex. Right. You know, in your house. And clearly you could change the size of the hole in the, in the, in the gasket for larger fans or smaller fans if you needed to. Yeah. Well, like, for instance, I could scale this up to 12 by 12 by 12, make a 140 millimeter hole in there to test a much larger fan. The idea is like, okay, we put this fan on there. And if I just turn this fan on, you have no way of knowing how much air is being moved, how much pressure is being applied. So I attached a 30-gallon trash bag, a black trash bag, like what I put the, you know, yard clippings in. <laughs> right. 
and I taped it down to the top. So this is completely airtight. Inside the box, I sealed it up with some tape around the outside. The bag, unless it gets a, a hole in it or something like that, it's going to be completely airtight. Inside, this is the, the fancy part. If you're testing a, a fan for a radiator, what does that radiator imply to the fan? Well, it's, it's going to resist. It's going to create an obstacle. Yeah, it's something that the fan has to overcome to push air through. A radiator is mostly open air, but you have little fins in there. Um, you have the water channels. And that resistance is what allows the heat from the water to go to the air. That's why you have the fan there. So you've created a, a baffle, I guess, is what that is? Yeah, it's a, what I call an artificial restriction. Right. Uh, you think of it as a pyramid in, behind the opening here that has the top cut off. So it basically necks it down to about half of the size of the opening of the 120 millimeter fan. So I get that the goal here is to fill the bag. Am I right? Yes. The goal is to, well, the bag is more of a visual. Oh, okay. Okay. So yes, the goal is to fill the bag, but (laughs) every fan will have a different characteristic. Um, If you have a fan that has high pressure, it will fill the bag to the point where the bag is relatively inflated pretty well, if that makes sense. Uh, a fan that is designed for case cooling, silent, moving air really slow, it may not be able to fill the bag at all because it will not be able to overcome atmospheric pressure. Basically, the atmosphere is pushing down on the bag to keep it from inflating. Okay. We want the fan to inflate it. But you'd also be able to measure sound and other things while this is functioning. Oh, yeah. It, the The sky's the limit for this particular testing method. We could put a, a microphone inside the box to test the noise of the fan behind the baffle and then also one in front of it. For the test that I did for the website, which I will link in the show notes, I had a stack of fans that I wanted to test, including three of them from Cooler Master, which was really the whole reason for this test. I wanted to test Cooler Master fans. But I needed some benchmarks. So I picked a, uh, you know, there was a fancy Delta fan that I had that, you know Delta fans. They're known for being loud, violent, but moving a lot of air. Well, when I put that fan on here and tested it the first time, it almost knocked the box off my <laughs> table. So They work. Now you know. They work very, boy, very are they noisy. Yeah. Well, the one fan that was able to rival that in terms of um, flow and pressure was one of the high-pressure fans from Cooler Master. Nice. That's a was pretty cool. solid recommend. But how loud was it? It was, uh, well, the Delta fan was extremely loud, but the... Cooler Master one was considerably less. And if you go to the YouTube video, you can get kind of an audio sample of that. I didn't put a a sound meter there, so there's no way for me to know exactly how many decibels it has. But you can tell by just listening to it. Okay, so uh, nice performance from Cooler Master Fan, and that's nice. But really... How did the box build work for you? Did you find it successful? Was it Were you able to compare and benchmark these things? Yeah, in a word, yes. A couple of things that we can test with this. We can test how long it takes to fill the bag, and that's a measure of volume. And volume, in a confined space, we know how much volume is there, so we know how much air is being pushed through if we can see the bag being inflated. Mathematically, you should be able to get that from the uh, the, the flow uh, measurements of the fan, you'd think? Yeah, you would think, but a lot of people don't understand those. Right. So I'm trying to, uh, in a word, dumb it down. Oh, yeah. Well, you got the nice visual there, and I think people appreciate that. Yeah. So, and I, I, I can't help but feel like 
I want to know which one filled the bag the fastest. <laughs> well, and that is... Uh, besides the Delta, of course. <laughs> besides the Delta, yeah. So the, the first thing is the measure of volume and how fast the, the fan will fill the bag so we can time it. So we know how much volume we're pushing and how long it takes to do that. You can cross-reference that with how fast the fan is spinning because the RPM of a fan will almost directly relate to how much noise it produces. Well, that makes sense. So if we can find a fan that will fill the bag in the least amount of time at the least RPM. And quiet enough you can stomach it, I'm sure. Yeah. Then I would say that we have a good match for a radiator. Nice. Now, with the way that I've tested this, um, on my charts in the article, I, I think I called it gallons per second. And that's the measure of flow over time. I can take that number and now draw a line on my chart saying anything above this is good for a radiator. Anything below this is good for a case. Makes sense. So that way I can test any fan in existence using this method and be able to accurately rate it against another one. Well, and that at least gives you something visual to look at, which makes it a lot more interesting than just writing down fan pressure and sound ratings. Yeah. So I think I find that appealing too. This is kind of a prototype. I'm hoping to take it to the next level and, you know, start testing or cross-referencing the performance of one fan on a radiator and then cross-reference with my, um, you know, my testing method and be able to correlate if it's above a certain line, it's good for cooling. If it's below a certain line, it's good for like heat sinks or something like that. I think even just the direct comparison is interesting. And I think uh, it, it begs to have people go out and take a look at the video and see what you think of it mm -hmm. and let us know if you have suggestions or thoughts on the performance and the way we're measuring it. This is definitely a new way of doing things, and uh, if it's given you what you like, let us know. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Google or like us on Facebook. This has been an Engineering Production, copyright 2016. Thanks for listening.